Hello, welcome. This is a, another wonderful edition of the Tape Edition Podcast. My name is Carrie, and I'm joined by my brother Clarence. How's it going, man? Doing well, man. Glad to be back again to talk a little bit of tech. I don't know if there's a lot of news, but there's been some interesting things <laughs> pop up over the last few weeks. Yeah, there's not a lot, whole lot to talk about, but there, there's some gems, I guess. You say it that way. <laughs> Can I start off by rehashing our NFT discussion? <laughs> Just really oh, quick. Yeah, sure. Really quick, and we'll move on. This is like a two-minute thing. But um, I sent you this tweet, or I tagged him in this tweet, where MKBHD, that's Marcus Brownlee, but, you know, the biggest tech YouTuber, he posted <laughs> about this digital uh, art. So he says a single red pixel selling as an NFT for nine hundred thousand dollars. Hmm. Yeah, that was right. That's Got hilarious. it. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I just had to bring that up because I was like, what? 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 What are we even doing here? <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's getting kind of ridiculous. <laughs> And to continue on in that crypto vein, I have a story here about a man who loses his life savings to phony to a phony Bitcoin iOS app over a million dollars in Bitcoin drained. So, um, Carrie, have oh. you seen a prevalence of faulty or, you know, maybe underhanded <laughs> Bitcoin apps out there in your uh, browsing the Internet's interwebs? Well, here's the thing. Um. I feel bad for this guy, but then at the same time, I don't. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, the crypto space or the crypto sphere or the cryptoverse, whatever you want to call it, is rifled with shady characters. Um, that's kind of the thing that people don't talk about a lot. Um, there are a lot of people in the crypto space just looking to take advantage of people. Um, a couple of years ago, the big thing was um, ICOs, which is like an IPO for like a company. But uh-huh. basically, um, you know, I, IPOs are regulated by the SEC um, and there's all these steps you have to follow. And, um, you know, it it's really hard to rip somebody off with an IPO. I mean, part of it is, you know what you're getting into. But the thing about most of these, like um, I would say over half of these ICOs, probably even closer to 80, 70 percent are just people looking to scam folks. And what that what I mean by that is they create a coin, they hype it up, they get a bunch of people to buy it, and then they just sell all theirs and the pump and they dump. just don't do anything with the coin. Um it was just, you know, strictly to raise money. There are shady exchanges. Exchanges are constantly getting hacked, which is why it's so important if you're doing crypto that you need to have a hardware wallet or have a well, I won't I won't say a hardware wallet. You even a phone wallet is better than just leaving your, your coins on the exchange. That's mm-hmm. like the worst thing you can do is just leave your money on the exchange because not because the exchange itself is shady and wants to do something bad, but it's mostly because there are people that just constantly try to hack into exchanges. And if they breach the exchange, then your if your coins are on the exchange, then they're going to take them. Yeah. So in that in that vein, I'm not necessarily surprised that there are people creating fake apps because, I mean, Part part I will say this though, Apple's partly to blame for this in the sense that they should be vetting these things better because I mean they're everywhere. You, you know, even now with like ransomware, yeah. Um, they they post a Bitcoin address and it's like 
pay send X number of bitcoins to this address, or we're going to release all your private information. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So they just need to be a little more vigilant. But at the same time, the onus is really on the person. Um, it's why if you ever watch any crypto videos on YouTube about people talking about new coins, you know, I'm not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice, blah, 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 blah. Don't blame me if you lose your money, you know? Yeah. So you really have to be very, very careful. I mean, we're talking early days of the internet, you know, in larger wiener emails. It's (laughs) like, it's that kind of thing where just people are just doing whatever they can to scam folks. So, just be careful, people. <laughs> I guess yeah. this is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it, it is 100 percent the wild, wild west. And there's huge potential to cash in on some dollars by, you know, investing. But there's also scams and people trying to take advantage of you, of you everywhere. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely a thing. And this guy, uh, <laughs> this guy, he lost actually 17 bitcoins. That hurts. Oh, uh, that hurts just to hear. Like, yeah. like I said, I feel I feel for him, but at the same time, like you have to be on your P's and Q's. So, I mean, nobody's going to be looking out for you in the crypto space. I mean, that's just the way it is right now. I mean, maybe once it becomes more regulated, this stuff will happen less and less. But it'll still happen. I mean, just think about just think about Facebook right now, and you know how people just post anything if it's something about getting something for free or yeah people making duplicate account duplicate accounts and then friending all the person's friends there's just so many opportunities to get scammed and this is just another vector that you need to look out for especially if you're trying to make some money in this space yeah and before we move on real quick like how much onus do you think that is on I know, we know it's on the individual but do you think any of that is on iOS or Apple or Google for allowing these apps in their store? I mean, they're. Uh, oh, totally. Totally. I feel like with a lot of this stuff, Apple has Apple has their check boxes. And if you meet their check boxes and they're just going to rubber stamp it, they don't really do any deeper digging into what, you know, somebody's trying to do with the application in 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 a sense, you can't blame them because they get so many applications for um. For applicate, you know, applications for applications, <laughs> they get they get so many of them that it's kind of hard to go through all of them. But this is just another area where they probably need to get some people in if they don't already have them. Get some people in who are familiar with the crypto space and know you know what's going on, so they can avoid this. I feel like this could have been avoided on Apple's side, but at the same time, I don't put it all on Apple yeah. because you know. It, and it's almost like any financial apps, period, should be vetted just as much as a medical app. Yeah. Um, yep. They definitely need that extra layer of scrutiny on it, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. And moving right along, um, another quick hit right here. Microsoft is supplying 120,000 HoloLens-based headsets to the U.S. Army. Oh, I saw this. Awesome. Yeah, contract supposedly worth uh, twenty, almost twenty-two billion over a ten-year span, and the verge reads: Microsoft has won a contract to supply the U.S. Army with Hololens-based headsets. The contract could be worth twenty-one point eight eight billion over ten years, and it will involve Microsoft supplying one hundred twenty thousand headsets. The software maker has been working closely with the Army since twenty eighteen, which I did not know. I knew yeah, they would kind of work with NAS a little bit, but I didn't know they were working with the Army. And soldiers have been testing the integral visual 
augmentation system, IVIS is what they're calling it, headsets over the past two years. These devices combine high-resolution night thermal soldier-borne sensors into a heads-up display. That is interesting. dude. Dude, just like the possibilities here, like I just get so giddy because, you know, Totally like looking at these headsets, like the the new the new Ivis that they have on here. Um, it looks like something straight out of Halo, and I and I it say does. that I, don't, <laughs> I say it like kind of jokingly, but what I think about is, you know, they have some huge huge radar like tower or system, you know, close to the area of combat, and by using that, they can basically use something like this to mark all the enemies. Or if you don't want to mark all the enemies, which you probably would, but I'm saying, you know, mark the enemies, mark all of the friendly people so you don't accidentally shoot them. Um, you know, there's all kinds of yeah. stuff they can do. This, 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 this is amazing to me because, I mean, I just think about like you think about a hood in a video game where you, you know, you have your ammo, you have, you know, you can see all of the you can see all of your enemies. You can see all of your friends. Um there's just so much they can do with this, and I'm really excited to see, you know, I hope we get to see exactly how they're using it, because I'm a bit curious about that. But I can, my, my imagination just kind of runs wild thinking about the things they could do with this. Yeah, we'll we'll link to the article, but yeah, these headsets look insane. <laughs> uh, there's one, I guess it's the newer version of Ivis with like looks like five or six cameras at the top of the um, the, the 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 vision shield at the top. It it looks pretty bananas, and like you said, if you have a tower or maybe a drone that could survey the area, um, yeah, while they're out there in combat, that. That is very much approaching what we've seen for a while in various myriad of video games over the years. And this is freaking amazing. Just think about like having something, something attached to your gun where it shows you on the hood where your gun is pointed. Like there, there's yeah, just crazy. so many cool things they could do with this. Like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Yeah. And it's kind of reassuring knowing that the army is involved because usually with things like this, uh, well, sometimes when a government gets involved, it kind of pushes it along further because they're willing to pay the dollars a private company wouldn't pay because it's really not about yep. shareholder stake or, you know, making money. It's about, um, you know, the defense of our country. country. And yeah. we and we spare no dollar when it comes to our defense. Right. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. This is cool. I think we spend more money on military than like the top like 20 countries or something combined. So. Oh, God. This is, I mean, if you're looking to, like, get some development and R&D and money, this is, I mean, the, the government and the military is the way to go, um, for better or worse. America. America. We're first <laughs> in everything. Cool. Okay, so, you know, we've been talking in the last few podcasts, we've been talking a lot about Mario and Nintendo and their sales practices um and how they never discount games and i was actually we actually were kind of positive about them in the last podcast because they you know they have the mario day um, i yep. don't know if that was the last podcast has it been that long yes <laughs> it's been a march it's 10, been a couple yeah. weeks um but basically um mario 3d all-stars came out sometime last year i can't remember exactly when and they said it was going to be a limited time release right and i don't think anybody really paid it, that much attention to it till like a couple days ago because on March 31st, 2021, they stopped selling 
Mario 3D All-Stars, which is Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, Super Mario Galaxy all in one pack. They, they just, just came out the, with it, too, though. They, it yeah. just came out recently, right? They Yeah, they took it off the eShop, um, and I think the only copies that are floating out there right now are the retail copies. You, I don't think you can order a physical copy from Nintendo. Wow. Um, but, when, but when those physical copies run out, that's going to be it. Um, when I saw this a couple days ago, I freaked out and I ordered... I ordered 3D three D All Stars just just to have it. I have it sealed. I haven't even opened it yet. <laughs> I'm gonna see if the value goes up before I actually open it. Because if it does, I probably I might resell it. But so I think it's. I'm the, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say like the the question for me is like why are they trying to iterate some false um, uh, demand uh, by doing Disney like a Nintendo? Yeah, what I thought of. Yeah, yeah. Disney Vault like service. That is weird. I mean, people, why would you stop people from giving? I never understood the Disney vault either, honestly. Like, why would you stop people from giving you money by creating artificial scarcity? <laughs> We're in a digital age. And if you don't supply people with what they want, if you don't give people opportunity to buy things legally, they're just going to pirate it. I mean, yeah. that's just the bottom line. I mean, th- this isn't going to stop people from acquiring this game whatsoever for the people who really want it anyway. There's an emulator on the PC called Dolphin. Yep, and it can play Switch games, so like <laughs> they'll just download it and play that way if they really, really want to play it. And of course, you have that Mario sixty four native PC port that came out a couple years back. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah, somebody I don't know if they de- they decompiled or the source code something happened where the source code got released or something, or somebody decompiled Mario sixty four and they were able to they were able to port it to the PC, which is insane to me, but. I don't I don't see I don't see what the plus is here for Nintendo. I just I don't I don't see it. Yeah. I, I mean I can see why they're moving their Super Mario thirty five game. That's like their equivalent to the Tetris ninety nine game oh, on their system. I wanted to play that and never got around to yeah, it. I, I played it some. It was interesting. Um but I can see why that's going because that's all server based and it's kind of a it's not really a permanent thing as so much as the the three D All Stars which just came out. It's just weird that they would take it away. I just don't really understand that. I could see if it was like we we're paying a subscription and they took it away or something, but this is just like you're not going to sell it. <laughs> it must not have been doing very well. That's the only thing that I can say that maybe it wasn't making the type of numbers that they usually have with their other high tier games. But you know why they even released Mario 35, right? I thought it was just a knockoff of Tetris 99. Why did they do it? Well, somebody released, it was, I think it was in like 2019. I can't remember. Some, I think it was in like 2019. Somebody released Super Mario Royale. And it was pretty much the same thing um, as Super Mario 35. Like Mario issued them a DMCA. I mean, <laughs> Nintendo did, of course. Oh, God. So I guess they just came out with their own version for limited release. That is crazy. But but I would like to see Nintendo do more of discount, which they'll never do. They just never do it. But I, I would love no. to see them do either if it's periodic discounts on some of their games. I mean, they did it recently, but those are honestly games that are like over five years old for the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But man, they really gouge people for these. I mean, especially in wake that we don't have the 3DS and the lower, the cheaper 3DS games. You now have everything that's 59 Maybe forty nine bucks if you're lucky for the uh, first party titles, which is kind of disappointing. 
Yeah, it is. But I mean, other thing I thought about with this is maybe they're discontinuing it so they can do enhanced ports of these games and just sell them individually for like twenty dollars, which is probably what they're going to do. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? They may they may try to they may try to hawk hawk people for forty. Which that I mean, the only re- th- that would be the only logical thing for me for them taking this away is because they're going to release something else. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't want to cannibalize the sales. So that has to be what they're doing. Yeah. And in more video game news, Fortnite is looking better on the Nintendo Switch. Now, I haven't booted it up yet since this update, but uh, apparently it got a a few performance and resolution updates in the latest uh, release for the Nintendo Switch, which is welcome because I'll say that that screen is so small I can barely see anything. <laughs> but my kids are great at it, so maybe they just have better vision or they're just better video gamers. Both probably are true, but, <laughs> but I can never see anything because, uh, you know, the Switch is already a pretty small screen. But but with this choppy kind of resolution that it has, it makes it even worse. Oh, yeah. Epic writes, the update provides significantly improved resolution both in handheld and docked modes resulting in images that are far less blurry which is good mm-hmm. 38% increase in pixels in the handheld mode which is great as well so it's cool to see that the switch is not forgotten i kind of think of it, think of it as the console that if they can get the port to work on there they're happy <laughs> yeah so it's it's kind of cool to see them go back and actually update things and make it look a little bit better and run a little bit you know more modern in today's on, on these on these switch switches yeah and i haven't played a lot of it but i can tell the epic slash um Psygnosis, i think is a developer but i can tell they've actually enhanced rocket league too because i bought a switch like three or four years ago and um one of the first games i bought was rocket league and i played it for like 30 seconds and then i just uninstalled it because it was just it was pretty much unplayable oh, i mean wow. it's still difficult to play now but i feel like it seems i mean i could just be remembering incorrectly but it seems to me like they've done some graphical improvements to it so i mean that's that's always welcome yeah for sure for sure and i know care you want to get into some intel news but first i want to just get do a couple of quick hits here discord is adding uh, clubhouse like features to its service which everybody is adding clubhouse like (laughs) features to its service can I just pause right there for a second? Like I have never used Clubhouse, but I've I, I downloaded Telegram because one of the cryptos I'm following they have a Telegram channel. I don't un, I'm a conversion when it comes to these apps because they are it's Telegram in, in specifically is awful. Like it is like worse than using the IRC chat. It's hard to follow anything. It's just like one big channel with everybody talking in it. I mean, of course, the audio is good, but when you have more than like five people in an audio conference, it gets kind of hard to know what's happening. So I just I don't know. So I haven't used Clubhouse specifically, but their Twitter has their own version. I forgot what they called it, but it is pretty much I mean, Clubhouse is pretty much a feature now. Everybody can just implement it with very little fanfare. It's just sort of like, um, oh, what's the, the thing that the kids like with the dancing and stuff? Oh, TikTok. TikTok, yeah. It's kind of like TikTok is a feature on everything now, too. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, the iteration that they have on Twitter is pretty decent. So the thing is, everybody is in an audio room at one time, you know, hundreds of people. 
but there's the concept of a stage and only like five or six people can have a stage at the same time, you know, or less. And it's up to whoever is controlling the meeting. I'm holding up quotes meeting to invite people and kick people out of the stage. So I think it's cool. It's something I'd like to try. I think it's actually probably be good for live podcast. Yeah. Where you yeah. can have people, you know, raise their hand and you invite them to the stage to ask their question. I think it'd be, could be pretty cool in that aspect. So, um, I'm definitely interested in trying it out more on whatever service may, maybe tw- probably Twitter, probably Twitter, to be honest. But, yeah. uh, I do think it's a cool thing. And it's just funny. Like, it's just like everybody's just copying, copying it now for their own, for their own services. So yeah, I don't know if Clubhouse is going to be around for long, but their feature definitely will live on in some form. Yeah. That's cool though. I guess I just need to kind of get more into it. Cause I've, I've really only just been following like the text chat on these on telegram and it's just, Oh my God, this, this group, there's 17,000 people in it. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, if you click off of the window and click back on it, there'll be like a hundred messages or something like, oh, but, but, but you know, club, I mean, clubhouse is audio though. Clubhouse is audio only. It's, I think it's just audio and all these okay. features are just audio, mostly audio only. Okay. Um, well, yes. you got to recalibrate my position. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should we'll definitely try it out. I have it. I they're running the beta on Twitter now and I have access to it. So maybe we should try it. Find a topic, jump on and talk about something. Maybe even a podcast. Yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. All right. And uh, real quick, another one is that YouTube is testing the removal of the dislike button, which I'm all for because when I see a dislike, it disheartens me, especially if I did the video. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just uh, and the only reason I bring this up. I think it's kind of cool how they're playing with the psychological aspect of the social networks. Because I yeah. think didn't Facebook used to have a dislike button as well? Um, no, they never. They never had a dislike. Was it a no. thumbs down? Didn't they have a thumbs down? I thought. No, for a while they only had like. Um, and then they added some more emotions, but they would they did they refused to add a dislike button. Yeah. Um, I know like Reddit and Dig, they all had the vote the downvoting, but I don't I don't think there was ever a dislike button on Facebook. I could be wrong though. Yeah, but I do find it interesting of how um, they're better trying to tune how we psychologically think of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's all in a way to discourage the reaction to for for creators, probably for the negative feedback, because, you know, the Internet is a cesspool of hate. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes sure. people, they, they look at the video, don't like how, how you look. They're going to give you a thumbs down, you know, so. Or if they disagree with your argument, they'll just they'll just find some stuff to nitpick about. And, yeah. 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 So I think this is probably a good thing. Like, show me the love. Don't show me the hate. Show me the love and don't show me that. <laughs> that's, that's how I see it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. You want to talk some intel or? Yeah, let's talk some intel, man. What you got? OK, so, I mean, I guess I should start with a little backstory. I don't know how if you're listening, how but you've kept up or how well you've kept up with the PC hardware space in the last four or five years. But um, pretty much before, I would say two or three years ago, Intel was the king and there was nothing close. AMD was just a joke as far as CPUs go. Um, And I feel like because of that, Intel kind of stagnated. They were just kind of just pooping CPUs out with just these like um, minimal incremental um, improvements. Because, I mean, they had no competition. They had no reason to innovate. So um, fast forward to today, we're on the, 
right now we're on the third generation. Yeah, no, no, no. We're on the fourth generation Ryzen chip. Um, so yeah, about I guess it was about four years ago. Um, AMD completely started from the beginning. They cleared the drawing board, started over because their bulldozer architecture. I don't know if you remember the Phenom architecture from AMD, um, but we're talking like all, over 10 years ago. Um, mm. It was pretty much the last time AMD, before now, was the last time AMD was competitive. We're talking like pre-2011-ish, somewhere in there. But then their next generation architecture called Bulldozer, um, they were focused on just more cores but their cores weren't that performant. And in a lot of cases, the first generation bulldozer stuff, not maybe it could have been that case, the case throughout, throughout the bulldozer um, architecture's lifespan. They, in, in a lot of cases, it performed worse than like the last Phenom chip. Oh, um, wow. And um, they were just, they were stuck on it for a while. And, you know, they cleared, like I said, they cleared the drawing board and just started over. Um, and now we have Ryzen and Ryzen, Ryzen is amazing. Um, if it wasn't for AMD, we would not have high high performance core count CPUs right now because it, until Ryzen, Intel was still spitting out those four core, eight thread um, CPUs, and they've been doing it for like over probably like six or seven years. They just never tried to increase core counts. Resting on their laurels. <laughs> yeah, right now, I mean, I'm sitting with a on my desktop. I have a 16 core, 32 thread processor in my desktop computer, which is insane. Um, but anyway. Where else can we talk about? We can talk about die processes. So for this 10 years, Intel has been on the 10, the 14 nanometer process, which is basically how big their CPU is, how big the CPU process is. AMD right now is on seven nanometer. So not only not only has AMD shrunk their die to fit more transistors and more components on it to, you know, increase performance, they've also been able to optimize their architecture to increase the clock speed so now i mean they they're like even even though amd was competitive competitive until like the new zen parts the zen three parts intel still held an advantage on clock speed Mm. but in the dirty little secret though i guess not really that big of a secret is intel has been trying to get off a 14 nanometer to a smaller process so they can also improve their um, performance in in everything, but they've had issues because they, you know they fab their own chips. They don't use a third party. So AMD uses Global Foundries to not Global Foundries. They use um, T, T, TSMC. Sorry, they use TSMC to basically build their chips. Intel builds their own chips, um, and they've had trouble getting off a of fourteen nanometer. They've had some laptop parts with minimal, like small core laptop parts that they've done in 10 nanometer which have actually been pretty good yeah, I, didn't know desktop, that. I didn't know they yeah, had any 10 nanometer yet yeah but for the desktop they, they just have not been able to get off of 14 nanometer so rocket leak is this new cpu architecture it's been hyped up a lot and um they still couldn't get off 14 nanometer they were trying with 10 and they they were the yields just weren't good so basically a yield is if you you know they manufacture CPUs on these huge circular wafers, and basically a yield is how many good CPUs you get off of it. But they haven't been able to get decent enough yields. So what they did was they took the architecture that they made for the 10 nanometer CPUs, and they basically made it in 14 nanometers. So even though this isn't the same architecture as the last chip, um, it's still the same process. So they're able to get some 
improvements there, but it's you know they weren't able to fit the extra 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 transistors, extra components on there to get you know just uh in what's the best way to put it? They weren't able to get like a significant improvement, and it's for this reason that the 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 most cores you'll see on any of these eleventh gen processors is eight eight cores. Wow. And they had their previous generation. They had CPUs that were at least ten. Like the i9 10900K was uh, 10, 10 cores, twenty threads. So they've actually gone back in cores, core count. <laughs> the other bad thing is these CPUs have latency issues. These new ones, so they're not even as performant as the previous generation. Yikes. Um, it's it's kind of a um, it's kind of a um, debacle, kerfuffle situation. I don't know what the right word is for it, but. They're sitting here with these CPUs that aren't as good as the last gen. I mean, <laughs> they objectively aren't as good, but they're charging. They're charging premier pricing for them. So the Core i nine eleven nine hundred K is like six hundred dollars, and you can get an eight core sixteen thread Ryzen part, the fifty eight hundred X, for I think like five fifty or five hundred bucks, probably now. Wow! And it's it's a better chip than that one, and um. Not to mention the other stuff that AMD has. Like AMD has their their actual six hundred dollar processor is the fifty nine hundred X, which is twelve core, uh, twenty four threads, and it just it blows this thing out of the water. Um, most of the reviewers that I watch, the YouTubers, they've been just trashing this chip. And I just want to say, if you if you were looking at these chips, just don't even bother. If you, mm. I would go tenth gen. If you if you just had to get Intel. Go Intel 10 Gen. Don't worry about the 11 Gen stuff. It's really, it's not good. Yeah. So, so like you said, they had their Sunny Cove architecture, which they backported <laughs> to uh, 14 nanometer and then this Rocket Lake um, system on the chip. Uh, you mentioned yields. Is that the, uh, why is it so hard for Intel? To move to 10 nanometer, do we have any information as far as you mentioned yields, but is there any more information as far as the why? Um, the, the, the only thing I can think of is just technically they're having technical issues um, with their implementations. Um, a couple of funny things about this. So, like I said, they fab their own chips. Uh, AMD uses TSMC, which is also who makes chips for Apple. Apple's, Apple's um, M1 chips are like on 5 nanometer or something. Like, so they've got, they've got things down to a science. I think Intel actually, they actually bought some capacity from TSMC, um, um, going forward. Um, so I don't know if they're 12 gym chips, Alder Lake. I don't know if Alder Lake is going to be made by TSMC or if it's going to be made by Intel, but it's supposed to be significantly improved. I think they've got the kinks out of 10 nanometer, which is great, but but this fall AMD is going to be on five nanometers. So like it's <laughs> they're, 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 they're behind because they just stagnated. Um, I'm hoping they can get their act together, you know, and come up with something great for Auto Lake. But I mean, I don't know what to expect. Cause I thought Rocket Lake was going to be better. There was a lot of hype behind it, but it just, the core, la- the quarter quarter latency is just too high for it to be, you know, competitive, I feel like with AMD and, you know, we're, and when I say this, we're splitting hairs and there's a couple caveats, like number one, number one, like if something, even if it was just as good as the AMG DCPUs, even if it was just as good, 
it costs more. <laughs> um, and you don't get as many cores for your money. I mean, that, there's that. So it's like, like, I don't know. Like, it's just really hard for me to justify buying one of these. Like, that being said, any of these CPUs, like, if you're just looking to build a box to play games, any of these CPUs will be fine for that. But Intel can't claim that they're the best at anything anymore because AMD is beating them. They're beating them in, in the, you know, the, the what is it, the, the workstation apps like Photoshop, Premiere, um, Cinebench. They're beating them in games. Um, and, you know, AMD's prices have gone up a little bit, but I feel like it's justified, especially now, seeing as how many more cores you get. Yeah. Um, so it's just going to be a rough ride for them until Alder Lake comes out. Hopefully they can, you know, pick it up. Yeah, I mean, not only that, it's like they're getting it from both ends. They're getting it from, um, I mean, like you said, AMD, but also um, <laughs> the, what's going on with Apple is not helping them oh, either. Man. I mean, Apple basically dumping them for their own chips, which are much more perform- performant, albeit fine-tuned yeah. for Apple software, but much more performant um, yeah. than than Intel. So, man. Uh, and, it? dude, there's rumors. There's rumors that their, their desktop chip, they're – this is just strictly rumors, but there's rumors that it's going to be like it, even the video part. Like they're saying the video processor on their new desktop chip is going to be as good as a as a RTX 3080. Oh, wow. I don't I don't know how true that is, but I can believe it considering like my wife has a M1 um, MacBook Air and that thing screams, dude. Like, <laughs> really? I mean, it's it screams um, like I, I was going to get one. I actually had one for a while, but it only had eight gigs of RAM and I just needed more for my um, I was going to use it to record music and it just didn't have enough RAM. But dude, like I'm definitely going to be looking at these desktops. I'll just put it like that. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm waiting for the desktop class to come out and, and um, uh, WWDC 2021 was just announced for June the 7th through 11th. So. I'm pretty sure we'll see something. At least I'm hoping. Uh, and oh, for sure. I, and honestly, dude, this this is kind of going to be the thing that makes me want to give Apple consi- uh, serious consideration. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, they're 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 like that's the thing that people like. For me, um, their audio stack is rock solid, and it's been rock solid for like 20 years. Like the core audio stack, it's it's so. It's so like as far as latency and stuff, it's so much better than what we have in Windows because Windows audio stack is kind of like a hodgepodge of different things. And then everybody writes their own driver. And if you have a device, but basically if you make a device for Apple, they have a audio standard that you if you want your device to work on Apple, you have to make your your device. um, You have to you have to make it to their audio, the core audio standards. So basically you just plug it in and it works, you know. Whereas with Windows, you have all these different drivers and stuff, and that can always get hairy. So I don't know. Yeah, for sure, man. We wait for really bated breath, though. right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to see what they come up with because uh, I feel like, and this is what I was talking to some of my friends with. I know we're kind of getting off topic, but I feel like Apple, if they if they can get the performance and you know all these people are already making video games for iOS. And we even talked about this. Like, all these people are already making video games for I- iOS. Um, a lot of these game developers use Unity, which is compatible with iOS. Yeah. If, they can get the, if they can get the performance up, it won't, be a, it won't be a huge lift for these companies to 
port their games to, you know, to Mac OS. It, it just won't be a huge lift. Now that the platforms are unified, they're already making games for, for iPhones. So, you know, I feel like they it won't be a huge stretch f- to start seeing AAA PC games on Apple's systems, especially, you know, if the performance is there. And I feel like it will be. Yeah. Yeah, man, it... it... <sighs> I'm kind of amazed what they've been able to do with this translation layer. And I know we talked about it before, but um, it's they're really kind of good. doing the equivalent of what Microsoft has kind of done with their backporting of their games, uh, but in a much more elegant and, um, you know, huge way than what they did over the, on the Microsoft side, I believe. This is weird to see it's Microsoft like, can't get it right on their side. Oh, dude. Speaking of that, speaking of that, I also read an article about where somebody took because you know the like the lower tier surfaces in um service books, those those are ARM those are ARM processors. They're not Intel or AMD. They're not at x86. They're running the ARM version of Windows 10. Somebody hacked away hacked w- the ARM version of Windows 10 onto an M1 MacBook, and it ran better than it did on the <laughs> Surface Book. That's hilarious. That's so, hilarious. Yeah, I mean, they, they've definitely and people people probably think of Apple as being like a new a new CPU designer, but they've been designing the CPUs and the iPhones and iPads since like 2011. Um, so, I mean, they've got plenty of experience and they have like they have like the best engineer. They have the best hardware engineers over there. I still believe that even now, like they're, they're just doing such good work. Um, and the other thing that shocked me is that the M1 MacBooks are a couple hundred dollars cheaper than the Intel ones. I didn't expect the price to change. So um, I'm also really surprised by that as well. Yeah, man, they're, they're all in. They're trying to, <laughs> sorry, Intel, they're trying to get away. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. If you're, if you're out there um, and you're listening and you don't, if you don't do a lot of like super, super crazy stuff, like if you mainly just use your computer for like, like checking your email and, um, you know, uh, what else? Uh, doing like word processing and stuff. Um, if you're not doing like heavy, heavy video editing or heavy like recording, um, you're probably even okay with like light video editing. But you should seriously look at at the M1 MacBooks. They are excellent machines. Like I, I put my stamp of approval on. My wife loves hers, and she came from like a Windows laptop that cost. It was about I think I paid like six or seven hundred dollars for her Windows laptop, and she hated it. It was always freezing up. Um, you don't have to worry about that with a Mac. Well, I feel like a Apple Shield right now. Let me shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Still drinking the job juice. I'm just saying, like, I'm really happy with those machines. I, I guess that's what it sums up to. You know, I'm 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 looking forward to see what they do with desktop. So Oh yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man. Right there with you, sir. So, um anything you've been interested in or into, podcast related or otherwise, that you want to plug before we wrap things up here? Um, you know, uh, I, there's some crypto stuff that I, I don't really want to get into because it's, um, it'll probably just, I'll probably just ramble on for longer, but, um, I really want us to do, you know, maybe take a podcast and talk about crypto and I can invite my buddy James over, who's like a crypto expert and we can just kind of shoot the breeze about that. Um, but like, other than that, you know, um, I am coming out with a new version of planetnamic.com, which was like the Dragon Ball site in the early aughts. Um, uh, looking to launch it um, next month, actually, probably oh. around May, May 12th, which is the same day that the androids attacked um, in Dragon Ball. So that's a 
fun little sidebar there. Deep but cut. <laughs> yeah, deep cut. <laughs> um, but like other than that, I'm not really up to the, up to much. So, um, just happy to be on another cast. Oh yeah. What about it, you? Oh man, uh, I've just been trucking along watching Snowpiercer on. I think it's on TNT. Um, Oh yeah, I have that on my. I have that to watch. I have it queued up to watch. I need to start watching it. Yeah, the first season is freaking solid. Uh, the second season, I'm not enjoying as much, but it's still pretty good. Uh, just watching that, and of course, the um, Falcon and a Winter Soldier has been fantastic. Oh, I, need, I forgot about that. I need yeah. to start watching that too. Oh yes, it's it's really good. So yeah, just watching it, and we've been podcasting about Trek over on DiscussingTrek.com. So if you're into Trek, check that out as well. But other than that, not much, man. Just uh, living life, I guess. <laughs> cool. I'll have to get some games in or something. Oh, for sure. I got to see how how well this um, this this updated graphics on Fortnite Switch actually look. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Cool. Um, I guess that's it. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Happy Easter. Very very quick. I can't I can't beat that. <laughs> I just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, it's Sergio from Reality Breached. We've got a bunch of different podcasts over on our network at realitybreached.com, and one of my favorites is Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. Shellheads is a deep dive into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in ways you've never heard before. From the early comic days to the current Nick show, nothing is off limits. Jeff from the Warp Zone Arcade joins me to binge watch and power read through a comprehensive library of TMNT fandom. Check Shellheads out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. For more details, visit realitybreached.com. Discussing Network.